Well, hey everyone, this is Athena and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am here today with one of our most recent Redemption Press authors, Lauren Leanne, to kickstart our time together today. And then during the second half of the show, I'll be providing some insider insights and announcing some very exciting opportunities for any of you ladies out there who kind of have a book idea in your head or in your heart, but you have no idea what to do with that, especially now with the things, with things just so crazy, sheltering at home and social distancing and all of uh, everything that's going on right now in our world we have an amazing opportunity to make the most of this time. So we're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. But Lauren, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much. I am just so honored and thrilled to be here. I'm excited to get to share today. Absolutely. Well, before we dig in, I would like to give you a proper introduction Lauren is the uh, an author, speaker, blogger, and singleness hype girl. Her first book, The Weight Will Not Be Wasted, came out in March of 2020. Being 35 and still single was never part of the plan, but it has been through the weight that Lauren has seen God working in the most extraordinary ways. Lauren's faith has carried her through some tough times, and it is now her life goal to help others see God's goodness even during the most difficult times. I have some little-known facts here I would love to share, too. Uh, Lauren has over 100 videos on her phone that have become a video diary of what is going on in her life. When something major happens, both good and bad, she has made videos. They have become a way for her to get all of her thoughts out, but also to to just be a beautiful reminder of God's faithfulness. I love that idea. (laughs) Man, another interesting fact about her is she is a former collegiate athlete. She played softball for Auburn University, and those were some of the best years of her life. She still loves to compete whenever she gets the chance. Wow. I just, um, yes, you you inspire me with just your, uh, you just seem to live a life that's committed to excellence, but authenticity at the same time. And I love that about you because you're just the real deal. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I think I 
I went through a season, a really tough, dark season with depression where I was so afraid of what people might think of me. Um, being vulnerable uh, was just not something that I, I felt comfortable doing. And, and I felt as a Christian that I shouldn't be struggling with depression or I thought I should just be okay. And so I kept silent for a really long time. And when I um, kind of came out of that season, I feel like vulnerability has been just like a passion and a cry of my heart because I realized how trapped I stayed when I was unwilling to share what was really going on on the inside. And so I'm just, because of a season of not being able to be authentic and being so afraid to, it's just become such a passion of mine for sure. Mm, I love that. That's good news because that's what people need to see is authenticity and the real thing and, and being open about our struggles. So before we, well, you know, I was, I have some questions that I want to ask you about your book, but okay. because your book is, it's just one big Romans eight twenty eight story. Why don't we just start with, uh, you know, I would love for our listeners to hear your Romans eight twenty eight story. And then from there, I've got a few questions specifically about the book. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, I love that you kind of worded it that way because I feel like the book is, I've said many times, it's this tangible piece of redemption that when I finally held in my hand was almost just, and still is overwhelming to me at God's faithfulness, even though through my lack of faithfulness at times. But so I, like you said in my intro, um, again, I'm very open about that. I'm 35 and all I talk about that in the book, all I've ever wanted was to be a wife and a mom from the time I graduated high school. There was just like, there was nothing else. It was just that, like, that's what I wanted. That's, I just couldn't wait to be a mom. I couldn't wait to be a wife. And, um, as the years kept going, I have developed such a love hate relationship with my singleness and that's again where that singleness hype girl that like people started describing me as of just um again at points loving the freedom to provide it at a lot of points just wishing it away and wishing it was different and so um through that hard and the disappointments and having failed relationships uh happen to me I um I really I went through, like I talked about earlier, some hard times with depression. And I think a lot of that stemmed from this sense of, I don't understand God, like you didn't necessarily give me um, what I wanted. And, and it was something that I believe is good and that you have for me. And I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that it, it didn't happen yet. And so um, into my late twenties and into my third, into my thirties, I, I began to search for some way to fill that void and ultimately at one point again I talk about in the book it was with um it was with a guy that wasn't a bad guy but he um wasn't a guy that was for me but I was just so desperate for that connection and I wanted so badly to have a relationship and so um again there has been kind of bring it back together. There has been a lot of highs and lows. There's been a lot of times where I've tried to manipulate the situation, where I've taken things into my own hands with relationships, where I've, I've tried to fill all of these 
voids that I really, in my mind for a long time, I thought being married, having a family would, would take away some of that void that I felt. But ultimately, obviously, I realized that that was something in a place that was only intended for Jesus to fill. Um, and so when I started writing the book, it was just this cry of, God, I'm 35. I don't want to be here in a lot of ways, but I, you must have me here on purpose. And so can you please show me what that is? And so, so the book kind of came out of that place of, I, I, there has to be something you want for me if I'm still single and um, still in this place. And so as I sat down to write the book and now as I've had a few people um, read it and share with me that it's provided hope or that they 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 feel like they're in my same shoes and they understand um, I've had a couple of people say you you gave words to how I've been feeling that I haven't been able to you know find the words for and all of that is like my just like I said redemption and how God works all things for good because when I look at the contents of the book and I look at the contents of my life, I, I did make a lot of mistakes. I tried to fill a lot of voids. There were some things that were out of my control that happened to me that were not fun to walk through. There was disappointments and, and there were some good too, but all of that came together in this book that now can help and inspire someone else. And so I'm like, it's just a, again, a tangible piece of God taking all the good, all the hard, all the bad, and being like, but I still use it all for good. Like everything that the devil meant for harm, everything that, that hurt you, every season, every tear, every, all that I feel like just came together in this book um, of hope and redemption that I hope for years to come will bring single women a lot of just hope. So, so it sounds to me like this walk that he's had you on that you are proclaiming to others is a walk of learning how to trust him. Yes, absolutely. Um, there was definitely some distrust um, that occurred seven years ago. I, I lost my mom and I feel like I had, I had done a lot of um, the right things. I grew up in church. I, I feel like I made a lot of decisions based out of that place of like, I want to, I want to be right. And I want to make the, the wise decisions and the smart decisions. And I'm going to, um, stay away from this and stay away from that. And, uh, when my mom got sick, she battled cancer for a really long time. But the, the last time, seven years ago, I was just certain that, um, that God would save her. And, and we prayed for healing and we believed for a miracle and we prayed all these big faith filled prayers. And when that didn't happen, um, that was, that was one of the biggest moments of my life when I really had to decide, um, was he good and faithful no matter what? And did I trust him? Even if I didn't get the way that even things didn't turn out the way I wanted or, was he a good God when he gives me what I want? And um, I honestly, for a few years, I started to turn the other way and I never like renounced my faith, but I was very much like my heart was just very, um, was very hardened and it was very much, I just didn't want a relationship with a God who in my mind hadn't given me what I wanted. 
Um, and it was, again, yes, like you said, it was a process of trusting him again in this journey um, that he walked me through of, of learning all over again that he was still good and he was faithful despite my circumstances. Like I had to learn all over again who God was and started to, he started to teach me um, through work and counseling and through spending time in his word and being willing to sit and listen. He started to show me like his heart and his character for me. And that wasn't necessarily based on getting what I wanted and that, um, I, I didn't really get to decide what a good God would do. And there's still some things I don't understand with my mom and why she was taken, um, in my mind, not when I, when I wanted her to be, um, to leave this earth, but to where God has showed me. And now I can say like with more confidence than ever that he's still good and he's still faithful and he uses all of it for good. Even when my human heart doesn't understand. Mm. So you said something early on in the interview about, um, you know, almost like the identity that you were convinced was going to make everything well with your life was the being a mom and being a wife and, and all of that. And as you realized that wasn't going to happen the way you thought it would, you, you know, you had to release that. And I just, I wonder if God allowed that for you to be able to process through the pain that might've kind of been being uh, medicated by that dream that you, that was so alive, but it wasn't happening. Yeah, I, I think that I, yeah, I had to get to the point of where it felt like enough time had passed where that like really wasn't happening. And like you said, yeah, I think, I think there was some shame and a lot of identity was wrapped up in, yeah, like, um, and in a little bit, it felt like my life had hit this pause, like when I get married, I'll do this. When I get married, I'll do that. And it, I almost had to grieve mm. what didn't happen and, yeah. and the way that because obviously I can never, even now, like I'm, again, I'm like, I know God has me here on purpose and I know this, this season and every season, that's why, you know, the book is like, it will not be wasted because I know every season is used for his good, but, um, I almost had to, um, let, like grieve some of that because I could never go back. I'd always dreamed of being a young mom and whatever, like, I had to actually like sit and work through the fact that that, that was not my reality. Um, mm. And I think that, yeah, there was the deep healing that went on when I, when I stopped thinking, looking to that as much as being the thing that was going to be like the healing bomb and really realizing that again, that only Jesus can do that. And again, raising church, I'm so careful. Of, I, I don't like to throw around the like Christianese, but really truly Jesus like in believing that he had a plan that God had a plan for my life is is the only thing that really like keeps me going when when it because obviously it does still come up where I'm like you know the feeling 
still come. I'm not void of still sometimes like being sad or even being in this quarantine and being at home. I've obviously had the thought like, oh, I wish I was, you know, I have a great roommate. I'm so thankful for that. But, oh, I wish I was married during this time or, you know, like that stuff still comes up. But I think I always have to, I let myself feel that and I come back and remind myself of like the truth of just that, that isn't, that isn't where my identity is. Like, Christ called me his and chosen and loved and all that before I, I got the, the husband and the children. So, mm, Amen. So, so let me ask you this in, in all that you now that the book has opened up additional ministry by speaking this hope into lives of those who are struggling, waiting, not understanding, you know, and then bring in the COVID piece of everyone ice having to isolate. Are you are you hearing anything from these women that you're touching with your story? Just the struggles that are coming because we are kind of forced to be by ourselves and and that may be magnifying the whole singleness place that they're struggling with being in? Uh, yes, for sure. I would say um, I've definitely had some people reach out to me. Um, and one I'm thinking about in particular, which was so sweet and I was so honored she, because I've actually done that with other books before where I've read just over and over. And she was like, I read this one chapter in your book like every night for the last week. And it was like the piece that I needed. Because um, yeah, she was talking about how sometimes it, there is this sense of loneliness as a single, um, especially a woman who desires to be married and it hasn't happened. And I have seen and heard and just um, that unfortunately this time of being isolated at home like has brought to the surface a lot of those feelings of, of loneliness. And just a reminder, I think you look online and see different stuff and people are with their families or with their husband and you know are posting stuff which is amazing um but I think sometimes if I'm not careful I can get too sucked into that and start mm. thinking about um well you know back to that place of like well god well why didn't you give you know why didn't why didn't you give me that and why you know there's the the little bit of bitterness and resentment mm. all that can creep in um, if we're not careful. So I have definitely heard that because I think it, it comes out anyways at different points of people that desire to be married that aren't. I think there is some loneliness and there is some some additional things. There's some great to it, but there's definitely some hard to it. And so I think us all being at home has only pushed that out in some ways for sure. And that only shows the importance of getting creative and how you stay connected with people so that um, you know, there's, you're not, because when you isolate, you know, you, your thoughts can spiral and can get dark. And, and if you're not, you know, around, or even if it's connected online or in a Facebook group or so, or whatever, in a way that you can support each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was one of my big, like when I talked about in the beginning that I'm so like such an advocate of being vulnerable. And I think, when we are in that place of kind of unhealth or we start 
yeah, get trapped, like you said, in our mind and thoughts swirl around. The last thing that we often want to do is tell someone. Um, I know for me personally, sometimes it's even the last thing I want to do is bring that to God and, and in prayer. But when I do, obviously, like I know the good that comes from it, but even just getting myself to do that is sometimes hard because I'm mm. like, uh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be talking about this. Or like, oftentimes I try to downplay it or talk myself out of it. You know, like, oh, you have no reason to be sad, even though like the reality is like I am sad. Like things are not the way that I want. And um, and so yes, I I think that we have to get more creative on the ways that we reach out to people. And obviously, you can't just like sit down at coffee with a friend, but. I think that these times of being isolated at home, it's probably a lot easier to retreat and to not share what we're, how we're actually feeling. Like it's, it's a lot easier to pretend or whatever, but when you can make that connection and open up, even yesterday in the yard, I was outside and my neighbor, you know, we stayed, we stayed a distance, but she was just talking to me about the hard that has been in this for her and her family and, and the, the ways that she's felt tired at times and that she has this extra time and she wishes she was more motivated. And I've experienced that too. And it was just so freeing to be like, oh yeah, like I'm not the only one that doesn't always feel like, you know, doing all this extra stuff with my time. And so even in there, just that was a small example, but just another piece of like, I think the enemy and I think just ourselves and whatever it could look like a million different ways of why we don't want to talk about how we're actually feeling. But um, if we can push through that and actually, you know, reach out to a friend and ask to FaceTime or even just call on the phone or even if you just text someone and let them know like, hey, this is hard. It's amazing how much that even someone knowing um, can just help lift some of that heaviness for sure. Absolutely. Because the enemy wants you to isolate, wants you to stay silent, wants you not to say anything about it because he wants everyone in that situation, single and not wanting to be single. He wants them all to feel like they're the only ones that feel that way. And there, it really is no hope. And so you should just be quiet because if you admit that, what kind of a Christian are you anyway? You're supposed to be strong and content and, well, you know, I mean, he's got it down to, to try and silence. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, for sure. Wow. Um, that, yeah, all, yeah, I'm just sitting there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, um, absolutely. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. Like he, he's, he's smart. He's cunning. He's not, you know, like, and so again, yes, if he can make us feel like we're the only ones and not talk about it, um, you know, we just can get in our mind more and more, but we are not alone in anyone like listening right now. Like, I think just to say, like, it's, it's hard for me too. like, I think that was, was important to me. Like I wrote a book, I did certain stuff, but by no means, is it just super easy? I'm, I still struggle. It is still hard. Um, I still have to, you know, go back to truth and remind myself who God is. And so none of us, I think we see this picture online or we see different stuff. And again, we're convinced that we're the only ones, but we are all in this together. This is a difficult time for everyone and it's all affecting us differently. And, um, but so I hope someone can find comfort and hope in that they are not alone in this that it is hard but to also um 
it's it's been comforting to remind myself that we will get through this and this is a season this isn't forever so mm. and one thing that i just think is the most powerful i mean i remember the first time you and i talked on the phone the thing that i found the most powerful about what you wanted to do was that you wanted to write this book in the middle of it so that you could be an example of what it looks like to be real and to share that you know, you're not where you want to be and how God's met you in that, how God's worked even in the midst of that disappointment. And that's such a powerful thing. It's like when people look at us and go, well, you have it all together. So what do you, you don't understand where I'm at to be able to break through that. We may, you know, have a cute outfit on or cute shoes or whatever, (laughs) but we're just as broken as you are. And we struggle just as much, maybe in different ways, but we being open about it is so powerful because it dis, that it really does disarm the enemy when we do that. And, and that was the thing that just compelled me as we talked about it before, you know, just with your idea of, of what you wanted to do with the story. And that just is, it's so, it is powerful because people need to see it's not just once you get married, happily married and your Prince Charming comes that you can write a book about it and say, woohoo, look what God did. No, God did, God did and is doing so much in that journey before you ever find that guy. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for saying that. Yes, that was, that was so massively important to me. And whenever someone that's read the book pinpoints that and has reached out and said, I'm so thankful you wrote from here. And like, you know, like, I've just heard a lot, like, I'm so glad it's not another married person telling me how to be, you know, single Mm -hmm. or, um, yes, that was so huge of like, I'm still there with you. Like I'm standing beside you knowing that it is insane, admitting that it is hard and that it is a struggle and that I don't always love it. But like you said, like, God is not faithful because I get the husband, like he's faithful today because that's who he is. He's a faithful God. And so Mm -hmm. getting to stand and not have that thing that I've prayed for, but still encourage from that place of that middle ground that we Mm -hmm. don't like so much that we want to rush through, but realizing that every season is on purpose. And and even before I say in the book, and I've said a lot of times, I think God is even more concerned with, with this middle ground and this journey than he is. He's such a good God that it's not even just about getting that thing that we want. Like he blesses us because he loves us, but it's just about that, that middle ground where he, he, that's where we learn and we grow. And that's when he molds us and shapes us. And we, and we find out who he is as our father when we're desperate and we're sad and tired and lonely. Like that's when he, you know, can rush in. And so I, I, I'm glad you uh, picked that up too, because that was really important. And that was kind of like our push, which now I'm even more thankful. I don't know if you thought about it, just that it did get out right before all this happened. But that was kind of our push of like, let's, let's get this thing going. And it was almost as if I didn't have time to really like talk myself out of it. Once I got towards the end of releasing the book, I was almost like, okay, wait, maybe I don't want to be this vulnerable. Maybe let's backtrack from this. Like, how do I, like, it was really difficult at the end, but 
I realized too, I was like, oh, it was good that like Athena was like, how do you feel about February? Let's try to knock it out. And, um, and I just, I just hit the ground running and just what didn't have, didn't let myself talk myself out of it. Cause I realized now I could have probably easily done that, but, but yes, writing from this place, of course, part of me wanted to be like, look at me, I have arrived, but, um, I think that it was important and I felt such deep connection with people that have stood and been like, I didn't get what I want yet, but like, this is where I'm at. And so I, that was really, really important to me. That's a powerful place to be coming from because you take away their excuse, you know, cause someone could look at you and go, well, you got what you wanted. So <laughs> she doesn't, you know, I, I, I've got it harder. No, you're, yeah. you know, you're trusting God even when you're not getting what you want. And that's a powerful, that's a powerful place to be coming from. So, okay, as we start to wrap this up, I would love for you to share maybe a couple tips or tools to help our listeners really zero in on how, how God really is continually working all things together for good, even when we don't see it. Yes. Okay. So this is also something that it was perfect that you read that in the intro. So I do have all these videos on my phone, which um, might seem totally silly or crazy or someone could be like, I could never do that. Um, But one of my hugest tips that I think that I've gathered being on this journey to still not necessarily arriving, getting what I want um, has been just to document what God is doing. And Mm. so whether that be for someone, a journal, um, or if you, I, again, my, all my friends, they laugh, they know they're like, we know you like the videos, but, um, it felt weird at first, but I see when I watch them now, there's no hiding like my real emotions and reactions. Like I really see, exactly how I was feeling and it comes out very unedited and very raw and it's been very powerful for me to to see that but whether it be journaling or taking videos or whatever else someone might like to do but I think that we constantly have to remind ourselves of his goodness because when we like you said when we don't see it or when we don't feel it, I think we we can easily slip into that disappoint, disappointed place. And then we can easily start just backtracking of like, well, God isn't even there. He doesn't even care. And I've so many times had to go back to like things that he's done in the past. So like when I don't see it, when I don't feel it, when it's really hard in the moment, mm-hmm. I have to go back and remind myself, okay, what did God do in the past? And again, when he speaks specific things or I go through specific moments, um, I, I'm so quick to forget. So I could like, God could do something amazing one day and we laugh at the Israelites, but I think we're so much like them. The next day we could be like, God, where are you? Why, you know, Egypt would be better than this. And, um, and so I think journaling and documenting all that has given me an opportunity to remember the little details that I often forget in in the ways that God has moved in my life. And so when, when I'm feeling hopeless and when I'm having a hard time remembering, because it feels like God is a million miles away, I can stand on that faith I was experiencing um, previously. Um, And so again, I think, um, 
your own stories are really powerful. Your own testimonies mm-hmm. of what God does. It reminds me of his faithfulness. I'm like, he's, he did that then. So like, of course he's going to do that now. And I have so many moments where um, I have time hop on my phone. So the videos pop up on certain days. So it'll be like two years later. And I, one, one instance, two years later that just popped in my head, I was sitting in my car crying of just like feeling really hopeless. <laughs> there was people coming after me for money. Everything was falling. It just felt like everything was falling apart. And I like st- looked into my camera crying and I was like, but I just believe that someday, some way God, someone else is going to need to like see where I was this day and be encouraged by it. And that popped up one morning. And that day I was, I was speaking to a group of women at my church and I got to encourage them that in fact, like God had taken that broken Mm. girl and used it to encourage other people. And so I had spoken some of those things out the exact day, two years before, and here I was getting to watch him. And that obviously just like, fueled my fire and built me up built me up I was like oh God is faithful he is working all things together for my good and so that has just been a huge piece I would really recommend um that we can say okay if God did it for me then like why Mm -hmm. would I think he's gonna leave me here now and so again it's that constant reminder of even past relationships that have failed I feel like God has been really faithful to show me like this, this wasn't for you. And this is why. And so now I can be like, okay, well, I don't like the most recent situation. I don't understand. I really thought that was going to work out. And I really thought that was maybe the guy for me, but I can pull from that time in the past and say, okay, if God was faithful then, like what makes me think he's going to not be now? And I just, it helps. I just have to like fill my mind with that. Like he, he was faithful then he'll be faithful now. And so again, we can do that with the word, but I think our own testimonies are just really powerful. If you can't think of anything, um, you know, find a friend, stand on their faith, like ask them to share how God's been faithful. Mm, Um, That's good. Yeah. And so I just, I think that's one of the huge, that was a long answer, but tips and tools that have been so helpful for me because there is times he, God doesn't go away. I believe that very much, but he feels often far away. And so we have to reposition ourselves and stand on that faith of our past. And again, we're quick to forget. So we just have to, to me, write it, write it down, write in a journal, you know, write, make a video, do something um, so that you can remember what God's telling you and how been faithful I love that. The video, I mean, you're basically journaling by video, which I love that. I love that because that's, you know, I know when I journal, I don't always write all of the emotions that I'm feeling and all of the, you know, so capturing it on video is brilliant. I love that. Oh, they all come out for sure. So yeah, I'm, I've kind of been toying with the idea of, of sharing more of them and using some of that. So that's something that I'm like thinking about for sure. Cause I do have all of these like that in the moment they were just for me, but I'm like, maybe they would be helpful. So we'll see what happens with that. Sweet. Okay. So if we have some ladies listening today who would like to find you online, where's the best place for their, them to connect with you? I would say best. I'll get to Instagram. I would say I'm most active there. Super easy to get a hold of me there. And it's just Lauren Leanne. So it's, L-A-U-R-E-N 
L-I-A-N-N-E, so Lauren Leanne on Instagram, and then also laurenleanne.com is my website, and so they can reach out to me there and, and learn more just about what I'm doing, and you know, it has all the bio and all the different stuff there. Awesome. Well, it has been an absolute delight to have you on the show today and to just hear what God is doing to continue to refine you and shape you to be more like his son. And I just, I just love the way he's worked that in you and how, what an example you are for others. So thank you so much for being with us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor for sure. We live in tenuous times, so how will we as writers and communicators rise to the challenge? As women of faith, we have the opportunity to shine in the face of uncertainty. We believe now more than ever, Christian women like yourself who have a message of hope need to be empowered to tell your story. So to meet this need, Redemption Press is offering an online conference. She writes for him, Now is the Time, with three full days and 33 publishing industry professionals ready to train and serve you to strengthen and sharpen your message. Mark your calendar May 14th to the 16th and join us for a hands-on, resource-packed event you won't want to miss. Visit SheWritesForHimConference.com and sign up now. Welcome to another Insider Insights segment of the All Things Podcast, where we answer questions from our listeners about writing and publishing. If you'd like to ask a question, download the Anchor app on your phone and then search for the All Things Podcast. You'll see a message button where you can click and record your question and then we'll play your question on the next Insider Insights segment and give an answer. So here we go. All right, we are going to kick off the second half of the podcast today with our Publishing Insider Insights segment. And I have Cynthia Cavanaugh with me this afternoon as we are going to discuss some exciting happenings that... Uh, many of you heard us talk about the last time I think we were together, we were talking about the She Writes for Him retreat that was coming up the end of April. In fact, I think it was about a week from now that we were going to be at this amazing venue and we were going to have 12 ladies and we already had eight spots taken and we had a few more available. And then COVID-19 happened. So we are, uh, you know, everything got pushed back. We had to push that back to September. And out of that, um, some exciting things have developed. And uh, just to give you a little bit of backstory, I was uh, reading through the book of Esther and someone had made a point of, you know, Esther 4.14, you know, are we here in the kingdom for such a time as this to be able to share the stories that God has given us? and it almost created this sense of, wow, this is the time as we're all sheltering in place to really work on those manuscripts that we have or those ideas that we have. And as I was reading through, I thought it was interesting that the first part of Esther 4.14, we all hear the for such a time as this 
scripture quoted, but the first part of verse 14 says, if you don't speak up, relief and deliverance will arise from another place. So it's like God saying, this is your time, but if you don't take it, I'll get somebody else to do it. And that just really, I think, Cynthia and I and Dory and Andy, we all got together and it was like, okay, what can we do to serve, to equip writers during this time that we're all sheltering at home? So that is how the She Writes for Him boot camp was birthed. And we are now, it is a new initiative that we are now in the first week or we did we finish up the first week? We're now moving into the second week. Well, we're finishing the end of the first week, but yeah. Yep. Moving into the second. Yes. So that has been something that is a whole, it's, it's a totally different uh, 21 days. It's just completely different than the three-day retreat that we are going to have. But Cynthia, share with us a little bit your vision for the boot camp and kind of how you crafted the content. Sure, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride for sure, for sure. And it just I'll just add, you know, Athena shared about how God spoke to her out of Esther and you know, we can make our plans, but God establishes our steps. You know, he he sees the bigger picture and obviously he knew ahead of time that we were going to be in this pandemic. And so here in our little finite minds, we're thinking how cool it would be to get 12 women together you know, in a three-day face-to-face retreat, intensive writing retreat. And God says, no, we're going to have 40 women <laughs> in this boot camp online. Obviously, we can't all be together. But but so, you know, I just, the reach and the ex, uh, encouragement, you know, from going from 12 to 40 is, you know, God's vision for this time, right? That this is, vision, uh, his vision to equip and empower uh, women to share their stories uh, because people are listening more than ever right now. I heard a pastor say that on Sunday, one of the online churches I was watching is that he was saying more than ever before, people are, they're listening. People who may not have been listening before are now listening. They're listening for stories of hope and encouragement because there's so much uncertainty out there. So the idea with the boot camp then was it's exactly that. What you know, you think of boot camp, you think of giving lots of challenges and kind of prodding people in a stronger way to um, to get moving because we've all been at that place as writers. I mean, I don't know that I've ever, I think there's a handful of people, writers that are super disciplined that they're just able to carve it out and they just do it no matter what. But I think most of us, um, you know, most of us have regular lives. We're not just writers. We're mothers, teachers, you know, uh, daughters, caregivers, uh, have careers. And, but yet we have this burning passion to want to write and to want to get our story out there to impact others. And, So we wanted to, so the vision behind that, I'm taking a long time to share, the vision behind that is that we wanted to create something that during this time when we all are home 
and in but my workload seems to have increased and i've noticed that from other people as well but yet we do have these different pockets of time to be able to pick up and brush off that dream or that prompting to get busy and to write and like you said from the book of Esther, you know, like if you don't do it now, you know, it's, it's going to happen from somewhere else, right? You're going to be passed over, so to speak. And so that was kind of the vision behind it. We wanted to provide um, a 21 days to really help women get started because the number one question we hear most often is, where do I start? I have all these ideas. I don't know. Should it be a devotional? Should it be a Bible study? Should it be a memoir? I don't, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. And so we wanted to help women be empowered to have clarity on that to be able to answer that question and then also at the end of the 21 days is they would actually have something tangible in their hands based on the teaching the training the resources the writing exercises where the tips we're giving them so that they after that 21 days they actually have something tangible in their hands and a start where they would have an outline, they have a draft of an introduction or a, a draft of a first chapter, and that they know where they're going and they can just start writing and get it done. So a full outline of where they're going, like a table of contents. Even yes, with a draft of a table of contents. Yes. So this last week we were helping them understand you know, where do I start? How do I know where to start by defining, you know, what's important to them, their values, kind of their why, so to speak, why they're doing what they're doing, and also to be very clear about where they're headed as far as how specific target for their audience as well for the reader and understanding how to write for the reader. So that's kind of the, the brainchild or the vision behind it. And I'm sure we'll be refining it as we do the next boot camp. But so far, it's been, I just got off about an hour and a half ago or so of the group coaching. We have group coaching sessions where we offer like a hot seat, you know, like ask your burning question, um, run something by the group that you've been working on that has to do with the homework. And we just had a great time. I mean, we easily could have gone more than an hour, but we had a great time learning and listening um, from each other. Mm. It's been amazing to just watch the bonding going on yes. with these 40 women who all just feel they know this is where they need to be and they know they need to do it. And they, the accountability and the direction is just exactly what they needed. So it's very exciting to see that. Um, well, let me follow up that with the next development that came about as our Northwest Christian Writers uh, annual renewal conference got canceled for mid-May. Then the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference got canceled for later in May. Then the Right to Publish Conference for June got canceled. Those are all conferences that we were going to speak at and be on faculty at for Redemption Press. So as we began to think about how there are so many women out there that want to write, they want to be published, they want to have a speaking they, you know, ministry, they, they, but they don't even know what they don't know. And so we, I just decided, okay, I've got enough people that I've worked with over the last 30 years speaking with them on faculty at conferences. Let's just see what we can put together to have an option that's online that would provide some encouragement and some content where those other 
options are no no longer an option for us to go to. So out of that came the She Writes for Him, The Time Is Now. Did I get that, the title right? Yes. The Time Is Now? She Writes okay. for Him Conference, The Time Is Now. The yes. Time Is Now, based on Esther 414. And uh, we have three full days and 33, actually, it looks like it's more than 33. Yeah, 30, over 33, yeah. Yeah, industry professionals with keynotes by Liz Curtis Higgs, Carol Kent, Mary Demuth, and some of some of the most prolific writers that Cynthia and I know uh, are on the faculty, along with editors, agents, um, publishers. We are so excited, and it's going to be May fourteenth through the sixteenth. And uh, tell us a little about a little bit about that, Cynthia. Kind of the the way that it's it's kind of a unique format. Sure. Well, the She Writes for Him conference is going to, you know, it's kind of like a, almost a polar opposite of the boot camp, where the boot camp is very strategic and intentional and focusing on you as the writer and, and you know, empowering you. The conference is, you know, the, the intent is to equip and empower people who attend the participants. But it's more, if you can think of like, we're just going to, we have over 33 industry professionals, three pack days from, you know, eight in the morning till about 5.30 in the evening every day packed in there. It's kind of like drinking out of a fire hydrant in some ways. <laughs> and we wanted to, um, and because it's all online, we, you know, you can have a, a choice of how much you feel that you want to participate, which is great. Like, you know, you can review the topics and see, well, I want to, you know, make sure I'm a part of Friday from eight to one, or, you know, I have to, you know, do something with my kids in the afternoon. So I'm going to do this Saturday. I mean, it's just, there's lots of flexibility is what I'm trying to say. So each presenter, we, this format that we have, each presenter is with the exception of the keynotes, the keynotes will have a full uh, keynote session, like 40 minutes uh, teaching to um, kick off each day, but then we will have what we're calling breakout sessions. And we have um, nine, I believe, nine different topics. And we will be featuring three different speakers for each topic, okay? So for instance, we're having, uh, one of the topics we're having is how to write hard and difficult stories. So we will have three different presenters teach on that. Um, who have written difficult stories and themselves, or uh, one I believe is, a, is an acquisitions editor who's going to be sharing on that. So each presenter will be speaking for 20 minutes, and it's like a TED Talk. If you've watched a TED Talk, it's very concise. It just, you know, gives you that punch that you need to hear from that topic, and they will all be speaking from their place of expertise. And uh, that's what we've encouraged them to do. And that's why we have three people per topic is so that we can get three different perspectives on how to write difficult stories, right? Instead of just one perspective, which you might get if you attend in person, a writing conference, you might just have, and you're going, oh, but I want to, I want to know more about that, but I want to do this. So you have three different speakers to listen to their perspectives then. So they will talk for 20 minutes, like a TED talk. Then the conference hosts, which are Athena, myself, and Andrea Tomasi, 
we will be have like um, a time with that speaker. There'll be opportunity for you to put questions in and we will answer questions and we'll just have a 20 minute dialogue kind of processing together what we just heard. And so that'll be like a 40 minute block with each presenter then. So 20 minutes of a talk, 20 minutes of discussion, then we'll move on to the next speaker, how to write difficult stories. And we'll do the same exact process and then on to the third speaker. And then we go on to the next topic. And then of course there's a few breaks in between and yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about it because I think it's going to be very intentional and very in, intensive in the fact that you'll get that hard hit pitch in that 20 minutes. And if you've taken any speaker classes or read any books on good speaking, you know that it, it can all be said in 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, right? It's like, yep. you know, if you, as a, you know, I've done a lot of conferences and um, teaching and that, and usually, you know, you speak about 45 minutes to 55 minutes and, but really you can deliver the main premise of your topic in about 20 minutes if you craft it in, in the right way. Right. And so this is what we've asked our presenters to do. And they're all very highly experienced. I have no doubt it will be, they will just hit it out of the park. Absolutely. And we actually also have two panels, one yes. on speaking and one on publishing. So we can really get a sense of, okay, so what kind of changes are we needing to make to make an impact either as a speaker or as a writer during these times that we, this pandemic thing isn't going to go, I mean, it's not going away tomorrow. So we need to really get a sense of where, how, how should we be thinking creatively to be able to be the most effective? So we're super excited. Um, just so you know, if you sign up for the conference, the um, playbacks are good for 30 days. So it's anything that you miss during the conference yes. can be watched as well later. And as we wrap up, let me just say that there are um, two links that you can go to to learn more about the boot, the boot camp coming up is she writes for him bootcamp.com and the conference is she writes for him conference.com we would love to invite you to uh, attend both of those events because yes. they're um, they're totally different but they will um, they will build on each other and would definitely be um, lots of value added to your uh, you know the the path that the Lord is, is putting you on, uh, it will just give you a whole lot of encouragement and um, just the things that you need to be able to be effective and have certainty and feel like, okay, I can do this. Yes. And get some direction and guidance. And I'd say about the boot camp too, some bonuses for the boot camp if you sign up. And there is limited, like we're going to, we've just, we've determined that if we have about 50 that that's manageable for us as a team, but also it creates somewhat of an intimacy as well as, as a group. So, but some of the bonuses that come out of that is an opportunity to be featured on the all things podcast and be that's interviewed. Right. That's one of the bonuses. And there's also a bonus for the first, um, I think it's 20 or 25 people that register that sign up for the boot camp. then you get a one-on-one -on -one chance to speak with one of our publishing experts 
um, yourself to run your story by or ask any question that you might have. So those are some extras that we've uh, built into if you sign up for the boot camp. Exactly. So lots of lots of great. In fact, we're as every day it seems like we're adding more value to both of those. In initiatives. So we're super excited, but we got to wrap this up. So thank you so much for being with us today, Cynthia. Thank you for Thanks being here. For having me. Always yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> we are always super excited. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.